This episode of the Kona Edge is brought to you by the IM Summit. Become the best triathlete you can be by learning from the best. The IM Summit includes sessions from Lucy Gossage, Tyler Butterfield and functional sports nutritionist Ian Craig, amongst others. Discover more at theimsummit.com and use the discount code KONA at checkout to get 30% off. That's theimsummit.com. Welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge. You're listening to the Kona Edge. Thank you for taking the time to download and listen to the podcast. Uh, my name is Brad Brown, coming to you from uh, a pretty sunny Cape Town on the southern tip of uh, the African continent from Cape Town. Uh, it's awesome to to have you on board today, and we've got uh, another incredible guest to to introduce to you today here on the podcast. But before we we head over to Canada, just a, a quick shout out to uh, someone who who left me a, a review on iTunes. And don't forget, we are giving away uh, an entry to an Iron Man that draw coming up very very soon. Uh, all you need to do is head over to theconaedge.com forward slash win to get all the details. But uh, all you need to do is leave us a review on iTunes, and if you do that. Uh, you will stand in line to uh, win that entry. And a massive con- uh, thank you to the guys from the Fat Black podcast. I don't listen to too many triathlon podcasts, but uh, the Fat Black is uh, one of my go-tos every single week. And, uh, yeah, to Christian and Pete, thank you, lads, for uh, your kind words on iTunes. Much appreciated. Uh, I'm a huge fan of what you guys do, so uh, I'm truly honored. Thank you. Much, much appreciated. If you haven't listened to the Fat Black, go check it out, okay? Uh, I'll pop the link into the show notes of this episode of uh, The Kona Edge. Let's get on to today's guest, and uh, she has done lots of these things. Uh, she's uh, into her teens. We'll get into more of that uh, on today's podcast as well. But it's a huge pleasure to uh, welcome on to the podcast all the way from Vancouver in Canada. Uh, we chat to Steph Corker today. Steph, welcome. Thanks for, for joining us today. Thanks, Brad. Honored to be here. Steph, it's uh, an exciting time in your life. Uh, as we record this, uh, you're 10 days away from leaving for Kona, but between now and then, you, you're getting married. So you've got a lot on your plate right now. Yeah, special start lines, I like to say. Special start lines. I was going to ask you, what have you done differently to, to Kona this year than you did last year? But planning a wedding is probably one of them. Yeah, no kidding. Planning a wedding was one of them. Um, I actually qualified for Kona this year, last summer, at one of the first 2016 qualifying races. And so I knew actually when I was racing Kona last year that I had already qualified for this year. And um, my, my man and I went to Maui in February and we had an awesome week of, of training and of riding our bikes. We went up Haleakala and then he proposed. And I just, I mean, love wins. And uh, he really wanted to get married in the fall and this was the right time to do it. So we're getting to, married two weeks before my third trip to the Big Island. I love that. That is that is fantastic. And I think it's also a good point that, you know what, sometimes you have to live too, that it can't all just be triathlon and Ironman. You, you've got to get on with your life in between it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
because that's one of the big the big struggles, isn't it, Steph? Is is getting that balance right with regards to to racing and being as good as you can be as an athlete, but also balancing work and 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 life and and family and 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 the rest. Yeah, it's no joke. <laughs> There's no real other way to say it. Mm. How do you balance that? You, you've got a, a business, and I, and I want to touch on that too because I love what you've done with with your athletic career and and your career career, if you want to put it that way. But but how do you get that balance right? It, do you feel like you've got a handle on it, or is it something you do struggle with? Uh, I would say that I do feel like I have a a handle on it. I would say it's not to say there aren't tough days, and there's still you know every morning is an early morning. Um, my brother and I run a people consulting business based here in Vancouver, and we've been doing this together for the last two years. Um, I like to say for the last two years and the last eight Ironman (laughs) and, um, you know, part of the choice to create a consulting business was to really craft a life that would allow me to do everything that I love. And, um, yeah, I think the really, I mean, I say this all the time, not to be cliche, but how you do anything is how you do everything. And my wish is that people would understand that everything is a choice and you can choose the job or the commute or the stress, or you can choose to figure out how you want to make it work. And and I just think, you know, I won't be at this stage of my, dare I say, athletic career forever. And I really wanted to give it a go and see what I could do. And, um, and that meant making some choices with both my career and, you know, my family life, etc. Never say never. I saw how the 70-year-olds went at each other in Kona last year. So uh, <laughs> I don't think it ever goes away. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Steph, but let's talk about the business. I love the fact that you've... You, you've almost put your athletic fingerprint on it, if, if so to speak. The, the payoff line of, of, of the business is heartbeat strategies for companies who care. It's, it's, it's very athletic and it's, it's very health conscious. And I, I love that. And, and like you say, crafting a life that allows you to do the things you love, that's really important. Yeah, it is really important. Um, so, you know, to be totally honest with you, I, Matt, my brother and I, my business partner, We both spent um, six and seven years at Lululemon Athletica, which is a yoga apparel company headquartered out of Vancouver. Um, And we were there for some pretty instrumental growth. Um, You know, we joined in the very early days. And what that, I mean, that experience gave us many, many awesome things. And one of the things it gave us was the, you know, the understanding of the intersection of our health and our business. And, um, you know, what I saw was that when people were responsible for their health, they came to work as a better version of themselves or rather the best version of themselves. And it's a very sensitive topic. And I'm not sure if it's, you know, a conservative Canadian approach or what, but, um, you know, how you treat your body is how you treat your business. And I really believe that if you can't take care of your own health, how can you take care of the health of an organization? And, And no one wants to talk about it because you know what? It's much easier to eat those cupcakes and not go for a run at lunch than it is to be the person to put your neck out and say, no, health matters. And so really, um, we're passionate about working for remarkable leaders and leaders who are making a difference. And we are quite unapologetic about the fact that, um, you know, you need to sweat the details and sweat in your life. 
And and poor health is also a sign of 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 things not going right. We're not supposed to be in poor health. So it's 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 a key indicator if if your health is 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 lagging and lacking. It it's probably a symptom of of another part of your life that's the same. Hmm. Yeah. I. I'm- I mean, I think there's something beautiful when you can bring your whole self to work. I think there's something beautiful where there doesn't need to be an intersection or rather a um, a lack of an intersection of who you are before work is to who you are at work. And yet, I don't think it's an, it's an active conversation of, you know, hey, CFO, it looks like you need to take better care of yourself. What can we do to help? Um those conversations don't happen all the time. Unfortunately, and, and I think they should. But let, let's look at your, your sort of career into the sport of triathlon. You've, you've done lots of these things. I think you've finished 13 Ironman, if I'm, if I'm correct. Where, where, where did your love for, for triathlon evolve from? Well, I grew up as a competitive swimmer. Um, I also grew up as a, a chubby little kid. And, uh, it never really phased me. I just loved sport. I loved my teammates. I loved getting out there. I loved the routine. I loved the commitment and I was never that excellent by any means, but I always tried really hard and had a lot of fun. And I would oogle and ogle over the triathletes that would come and swim with us. And I just thought a swim practice was great. But after swim practice, then they put their shoes on and go for a run. And I was like, my word, you know, these, these triathletes, they are quite something. And uh, I'm, I'm from Toronto on the east coast of Canada. And when I moved to the west coast, I realized that this is definitely a way of life. And, um, you know, slowly I, I did my first marathon, I think, in about four and a half hours. <laughs> and uh, I just kept going because it was things I really liked to do. And I've actually just finished my, my 14th Ironman was Ironman Canada and Whistler. And, um, I mean, to be honest, Brad, it's not only a dream come true, it's just a life that I never, ever would have imagined. So, um, yeah, I mean, even the last four years I've, I've raced a ton. I've had some terrible races and I've had some awesome memories and, um, it's it's really been quite organic and to be honest i still look back and i'm quite surprised (laughs) (laughs) why why iron man i mean there's there's lots of different challenges you can do i mean you don't have to do endurance stuff but why why the long stuff and and why particularly iron man yeah great question why iron man i mean i think there's a reality that it's three things i really love that's for sure um i you know, my, my favorite way to spend a day is on a bike. And if I'm on a bike climbing a mountain with people I love, that's the best thing ever. So I think there's a combination of doing something I really love. And, and the other piece, Brad, is that I don't feel like I've really raced to my full potential yet. Um, I think there's some more left. I think I've had some, some pretty good races. Um, and yet I've been working really closely with my coach, Jasper Blake for the last few years. And, I'm really convinced that there's some better results to be had. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm you know, to your point, why not something else? And one of my <laughs> core values is ruthless focus. And I am ruthlessly focused on, on this Ironman dream of really, um, you know, racing to my potential. And uh, I keep telling my coach, you know, we're not done with this yet. We've got more to go. So... 
you talk about improving and, and there's there's a better performance in you. I guess that's one of the downsides with Ironman because it's such a, a long race. So much can go right, but so much can go wrong too. And it's very difficult to, to string together an 8, 9, 10, 11 hour Ironman that is perfect. You can do it in a sprint or, or an Olympic, but when it comes to the long ones, it's uh, a lot more difficult. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, I was hesitant to say that because as quickly as I am to say that, what, you know, what defines your best performance? And, you know, I think, is it placing? Is it a time on the clock? Uh, is it how you feel when you cross the finish line? Um, I, I mean, I think those things could be rather ambiguous. And the reality is that based on some of my training, um, you know, my my training results, if I can call it that, um, I I think that I have a little bit more room to push myself on race day. And that's what I hope to be able to execute in Kona this year. Sounds awesome. Steph, you, you mentioned you'd, you'd come from that swimming, a competitive swimming background. You'd run a marathon and, and, and had done some stuff. But uh, you, you sort of made the shift into, into Ironman. Do you remember the, the thought process when you decided to, to enter your first one? Because it, it's daunting. It's one thing. I mean, you tell anyone in the world you've run a marathon, they think you're fantastic, and that's incredible. But uh, to go and run a marathon after 180K bike and swimming 3,8Ks is, is a totally different kettle of fish. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, a few things. One, uh, being from the East Coast of Canada, it's, I mean, Iron Man is just something you watch on TV. It was not something we grew up with in any sort of close proximity by any means. And then when I moved, actually, the day that I moved across the country was the week of Iron Man Canada when it was in a little town called Penticton. And I was on a flight with a bunch of iron wives who were flying over to support their husbands that were racing. And I remember just the buzz and excitement of, of everyone on the plane. And I actually drove to Penticton to watch the race. And I was such an iron fan. I mean, Brad, I just thought these humans were remarkable, truly, truly remarkable. And um, I think one of the plus sides about being in Vancouver is it's really easy to find a tribe and a group of people that are really passionate about this. And so I think that makes a difference, you know, when you're in a community hub and my best friends race and we train together. So, um, you know, I think you're a bit of a reflection of your community for sure. <laughs> How important is it to find that tribe and, and people you relate to within the sport? Uh, I mean, I, I chat to a lot of people and, and, and some from really far out places who, who literally do this thing on their own. And, and, and I know what it means to me to have a, a group to train with and, and friends to go out with whom you don't really feel like going out. But uh, what, what, is, what does it mean to you and, and why is it important? Oh, gosh. You know, as you say this, the first thing that comes to mind is like, it's my everything. I'm, I think... I, I'm not going to the Olympics. I'm I'm doing something that I really love. And I think that everything is better together. And, you know, I get that there's schools of thought of that the race day is a very lonely day and you need to be okay to be out on your own. And I get that. Um, yet I think this is one life. We have one life to live. You might as well have a ton of fun doing whatever you're going to do. And, to be honest, I have found that with the right community and the right training partners, they really push me. And, you know, I'll rarely do a track run workout on my own. And having people that push you is, is I think, how we get better. And um, 
I would say the only cautionary point to a tribe is is make sure that they're the right energy for you. Make sure that you, you know, have a shared mindset. Um, I think there's a time and a place for negativity, and it certainly isn't in my, my triathlon tribe. Um, I think it's a lot of fun to go through the highs and the lows together. You know, we'll all have great races and maybe not so great races along the way. And, um, yeah, the other thing I would say about Vancouver is, uh, it's, it's known to rain a lot in Vancouver. And I like to say that we set, um, you know, our goals are not weather dependent and it's a lot easier to get out the door when it's dark and raining and cold. If you know, you're going to meet someone and you're going to share that sweet misery together. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, my tribe is my everything. Uh, I really, really value all of them. Um, they're remarkable. They're very positive. We all have, you know, audacious and awesome goals and uh, especially in the month of September, this month before, you know, everyone's off season, unless you're headed to the big island, then um, I do everything I can to to make sure that I have a buddy for for the final workouts. Well, how many of your tribe are heading to Kona this year? Oh, you can't ask that. <laughs> um, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, I was the only one who qualified. And uh, there were some other very close calls and some awesome, relentless performances. Um, but if, unfortunately, I'll be the only one. I'll be the only one racing. That said, I have a huge tribe of friends and family that is com- that are coming to support. And um, they call themselves the Iron Tribe. And my brother started this, actually. And he's been to every race that I've done. And... Uh, I tell you, Brad, I mean, go on Instagram and hashtag Iron Tribe and you will see the best cheering crew ever. <laughs> That's spectacular. Steph, talk to me about keeping motivation up. And you, you mentioned the positivity and, and within your sort of training group, the negativity, that's not the time for it. But now that you've done 14 of these things, and, and I don't know if it's just me, but I, I sort of get the, the feeling that a lot of people, once they've done the, their first one and uh, they, they've got over the high of that, I mean, to, to get motivated to do your first one and get out to train is easy. The second one, you want to get better. So it, it's it's just as easy to get and train. But once you've done a few of these things, they... It, it starts to become harder and harder to get out of the door in the morning when it's cold and, like you say, wet and rainy. What do you do to stay motivated having done so many of these things that you've done now? You know, I get asked that question quite a lot, and um, it stumps me because I really feel like motivation can only come from within. And the moment we're looking for external motivation or external validation it all kind of goes to the wayside. It all goes to pot. And, um, you know, it's not to say there aren't tough days and there aren't, that's not to say there aren't, you know, even tough weeks. And I would say that my inner circle is very small. Um, I think gravity is real. So negativity is a, a real force that keeps us down. And I have a few key people that I hold really closely and really dear to my heart. And, on the tough days, they're the ones that, you know, I'm going to reach out to. Um, I think the biggest piece in all of this is my relationship with my coach, Jasper Blake. And Jasper and I don't live in the same city, um, yet we have a, a really excellent relationship. 
we've just figured out how to make the relationship work, not in the same, in the same city. And, um, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of power in taking, you know, one day of rest and maybe two days of rest and just rejuvenating your spirit and then getting back on the horse and getting back to it. And, uh, I, I suppose it just all comes down to knowing what you want. And if you know what you want, then are you up for doing what it'll take to get what you want? And, and really, I don't think people lack motivation. I think people may lack the focus on knowing what they want. Mm. Um, or at least that's what I have found because I know what I want and I might have a tough day, but I'm willing to do whatever it'll take to get what I want. So, you know, keep going. Yeah, and the truth is, I mean, Iron Man isn't easy. If it was easy, everyone would have a have an Iron Man medal. They'd be handing them out, and and that's not the case. So we do it because we we love it, and uh, we like you say, you got to do what it takes. Burnout, it's a it's a real thing. It's something a lot of people struggle with. Is it something that you've grappled with at all in your Iron Man career? Uh, you know, I. <laughs> you ask me these questions right now and, you know, 10 days out from Kona, I'm like, burnout? What's burnout? <laughs> Not at all. And if you ask me 10 days after Kona where my bike is still packed away in my bike bag, then that might be a very real thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think undeniably at the end of a season, it's time for an off season. That's for sure. Um, and I look forward to an off season. I, I'm really excited about the other things that I get to do. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that's great. Um, but I think again, you know, it's best if we don't live in extremes. So it's not like I'm not living my best life all year long. And so it's not that, you know, as soon as an off season hits, I have all this, you know, I guess, you know, all these things I need to make up for, or, you know, I think burnout happens when we've taken something to, to too deep of an extreme. So, I think it's important to keep it in some form balanced. Um, and if nothing else, when I say that, I mean, I think it's important that you balance your own hormones and your own energy levels all year long. And burnout comes at the cost of not managing those things. Without a doubt. What's the biggest life lesson Iron Man's taught you? Mm, biggest life lesson. Uh, I mean, there's probably two. Um, the first one, you know, really, really probably the lesson from training is the power of ruthless focus. Um, it translates into business for sure. Uh, you know, when you want to get in workouts and you want to get in grocery shopping and you want to get in a date night with your man and you want to get in, you know, running a business, you think, how do I do all of this? And I can do it if I'm ruthlessly focused and, and I think that's part of the journey of getting to the start line, you know? Um, and along with ruthless focus, I think there is, you know, undeniably something so beautiful about resilience. And I say that you, you know, you can, the best place to learn resiliency is mile 20 on the run of an Ironman. <laughs> and that's something I really appreciate. Yeah, it's true. You, you learn so much about yourself in those dark places, don't you? Absolutely. Let's talk about being in the sport for a while now. If you could go back and talk to the, the Steph Corker who is just starting out in the sport, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? Oh, gosh. You know, 
I would want her, I, I would want her to know that what will happen, you know, four or five years from now will be beyond your wildest dreams and, but, but not let her know what that would look like, you know, like there's something so beauty, beautiful in the surprise that happens. And I guess, you know, I've crossing finish lines now almost two hours faster than where I started doing Ironman. And, you know, when I started doing Ironman, I was like, I don't know, 30th in my age group, maybe definitely, you know, down there. Um, this past summer, I won my first Ironman. So that's kind of cool. Um, yet I think the old version of Steph would just need to know to keep at it. Just keep at it. You'll have fun. Steph, how competitive were you as a kid growing up? You mentioned you swam competitively, but uh, you also said you were the chubby kids. Were, were you very competitive growing up? I mean, I guess it's all in, uh, it's all in how you define competitive because I really wanted to be great. I just wasn't like ever that fast. I wasn't at the top of it by any means. Um, and you know, I loved setting goals and I loved putting in the work and those felt like qualities of somebody who wanted to be competitive, but you know, I wasn't going to the Olympic trials and I wasn't, you know, finaling at nationals or those sorts of things. Um, but I was a decent swimmer and I really loved the opportunity to race, Brad. And the opportunity to race to me just felt like, I mean, it felt like such a privilege, to be honest, you know, knowing that you got to stand on a starting block and the gun was going to go. And when the gun went, you got to do, you had this opportunity to do your very best. I loved that. Um, and I think that's translated over into Ironman now, to be honest. Yeah, it's, that, I think that's one thing I love about Ironman too is you, you, I mean, for someone like yourself who's competitive within the age groups, but there's so much to race for. Even if you, you're not necessarily competitive within an age group, there's, there's always something or someone that you're, you're chasing and, 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 this, and you're always striving to be better. And I think that's what I love about the sport. Yeah, Absolutely. As far as your 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 soon to be husband, what, what's his take on yeah. on on this Iron Man thing? Is is he into it as well? I know you mentioned that he, he rides a bit. Uh, is he also into triathlon? He's not into triathlon. He um, actually is a I like to say a more mature, <laughs> therefore more successful entrepreneur, and he has been um, running a business for ten years, and um, that actually had him traveling quite a bit around the world. He doesn't travel as much anymore, but um, that was certainly a big part of his life. And he is an awesome um, cyclist and an awesome runner, and will ride. And run together quite a bit. He he definitely doesn't have ambitions of doing Ironman, despite people asking him all the time. Um, we actually fell in love at Ironman Hawaii in 2012. So after my first Ironman race, and he really has been the ultimate um, Iron fan and a huge supporter of of the lifestyle um, during our time together. And I think a lot has to be said for, for Iron supporters because I've watched a few. I, I think it's harder to, to watch them than to actually do them. I could not agree more. It's, it's, one, thing, not agree more. it's one thing being on your feet for, for that many hours during a race, but when you're literally standing and watching other people do it, it is, it is really, really tough. Ultimate goals in the sport. I know you said you, you're chasing the perfect performance and hopefully it comes at Kona in 2016, but what do you still want to achieve in Ironman? 
Oh, is this is this going live? Is this public? <laughs> um, how about I say that it's less of a perfect performance and it's more of a uh, a race to my full potential. So I would like to race to my full potential in Kona. And I do have some some dreams still tucked away in my heart. And um, I think I'll need to keep racing for a few more years um, to let those come to life. Um, they will involve some new races. Um, I think I'd like to take on Challenge Roth next year. Um, so some new start lines. Uh, but what I do know for sure is that this will be my last, my last race on the Big Island um, as an amateur. Oh, I like that. Iron Man's tough. It, it's hard on the body. It definitely takes its toll. You've done a few of these now, 14, 15, once you've done Kona 2016. Uh, how many more of these long ones do you think you've still got in your body? Uh, hopefully a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think of it in terms of numbers. Um, I, I think our bodies are amazing, amazing, highly capable machines and I definitely want to honor that so for as long as my body will allow me to to do Ironman um, it's my distance of choice I think it's what I'm best at I don't have a ton of top end speed and even 70.3s are becoming so so fast and so competitive um, and I think I, I might have an opportunity to just you know if I can say gut it out and then I think that's where I, I shine. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, I, I never thought I would have done 15 of these. So I think any, every one after this will be something special. As far as races go, you, you've done f f 14 now, coming up to 15. What, what's been your, your favorite course that you've raced so far? And uh, you mentioned Challenge Roth. What, what other races are on the, the bucket list, so to speak? Uh, okay, favorite races to date... I mean, it would be, it's, it's pretty hard to top Ironman Canada, um, home turf. I've had some terrible races and obviously, um, you know, my best race to date was, was this summer. So, um, racing at home is really special and Ironman Hawaii. I mean, you can't beat that place. It's, it's the ultimate. So those would probably be my two favorite, um, Ironman distance races and, um, you know, going forward, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Um, other than Challenge Roth, I, 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 to be honest, Brad, I'm trying really hard to not go into like auto triple A type triathlete mode and plan my 2017 calendar um, just yet. I like to finish off my last race of the year and then start to dream about the next year. So I have some ideas, but um, nothing's nothing's carved out yet. It's going to be important to enjoy that first year of marriage as well. Right. First year of marriage <laughs> with a bike box and show. Exactly. Kona, you, you mentioned how great it is and how special it is. If I say the word Kona, what do you think? Oh, Queen K. <laughs> um, I think of the Queen K, but more specifically, I just think of the the sizzling pavement on the queen k <laughs> there the heat on that island is is magical <laughs> what what makes what makes kona so special i mean it's got this this aura about it doesn't it yeah i mean i think it truly encompasses the word aloha i think there is a certain aloha energy on the big island that um that's really 
magical. And it's not, I mean, yes, of course, when Iron Man comes to town, it's a, it's quite this, you know, spectacle. And I think seeing, you know, arguably the fittest people in the world all gathered together and, you know, gutted out on the day is, is a piece of art. Um, yet beyond that, I think, you know, Kona, it's the place of dreams. It's the place people watch on TV and it plants the seed of what if I could and, Racing there is, you know, I mean, I haven't raced everywhere in the world, but I'd like to think arguably one of the toughest places to race in the world. And um, it's a level playing field. You all show up and you all fight the headwinds and, you know, battle in the humidity together. So there's a lot about that that I think, um, you know, it, it brings out your true character. Yeah, and you, you say it's one of the toughest places in the world to race. It, it's also the opportunity to race in those conditions against the best in the world, and, and there's nowhere else you can do that other than at Kona. That's true, yeah. So for the for the other races that might be tougher, which perhaps there definitely are, um, there might not be the same the same competitive field that shows up on that day. So, yeah, of course, that makes it very special. Absolutely. Steph Corker, it's been Absolutely. awesome sharing your story. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Kona Edge today. Much appreciated. Best of luck for Kona 2016. Safe travels, and, and I hope the wedding goes uh, according to plan and it's everything you, you wished for. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for The Kona Edge. Don't forget to head over to the KonaEdge.com forward slash win to stand in line to have me pay for your next Ironman. If you'd like to access the commercial free podcast feed of The Kona Edge, simply head over to the KonaEdge.com forward slash support.